Hey, this is Erica. And this is Tina. And we are A92A. A92A stands for ages 9 to adult. That's how long we've been on this journey together as friends. 92 is also our high school graduation year. And ages 9 to adult is a nod to the board game Life, which we rockified as kids in order to live out our rock and roll fantasies. It's a new episode, everyone. We've got a really uh, fun topic today. Um, We're going to talk about the band Steel Panther. Yeah. Do you guys all know Steel Panther? I hope everyone listening knows the band Steel Panther. Tina, you first introduced me to Steel Panther in probably the early 2000s. I did. Um, I introduced And I don't have any concept of what year that might have been, but we saw them perform at the Key Club on Sunset in yeah. Hollywood. And back then they were known as Metal School. Yeah. And I remember you telling me, we have to go see this band. You are going to love them. And here's the thing. In the early 2000s, remember, a lot of our favorite 80s metal bands were in hiding. They were doing like weird reality TV. Some were trying to release greatest hits albums, but most of the bands had broken up. And 80s metal was really in this kind of like heartbreaking state of disarray. So we go to see metal school and the show made me so deliriously happy because it truly was the best of everything about 80s sunset strip. It was fun. It was over the top. It was incredibly raunchy and such a great night of entertainment. Tina, how would you explain steel Panther to someone that isn't familiar with this band? So they, you're right. They're super raunchy. They're really funny. They're a glam band and they're based in Los Angeles. So they get on stage and they exaggerate all of the behavior of the eighties metal glam period. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of a comedy show, but they're, but they're incredibly talented musicians. Um, Mm -hmm. And yes, they do some covers of the eighties metal genre, but they're, they're also a a band that creates original rights and performs original music. So Like you said, they were really keeping this dream alive when this dream wasn't really that cool. There was sort of a vacuum. The bands were all away. Shit, Mm -hmm. a lot of them were working day jobs or learning new skills, you know, things like that. Um, And they stepped in when, you know, that that scene wasn't really happening. and, um, And it was really, really incredible. So, you know, when I say they exaggerate the behavior of 80s metal, there's a lot of sort of like onstage misogyny in reference to titties and drinking and partying and hot chicks and you know all that kind of stuff so it's it's yes. it's all it's satirical it's all in good fun kind of a thing but it's you know it's not it's not lost on the audience let's just say that so they started in 2000 as metal shop and i saw them as metal shop um when they were at they were at the viper room and then in 2003 they became metal school and they started mm-hmm. playing at the Key Club. So they ha- they're a band that's had residencies in Los Angeles. And I think the name change was because the Viper Room owned Metal Shop, the name. So they had to reform under a different name, Metal School. And the Key Club bought them out of that contract and they became something else, right? So that's mm-hmm. when you and I saw them. So it was, in the, it was in the early 2000s. And I remember we talked some dude into it. Well, I don't, we didn't talk him into it. He kind of offered, but he was like, Hey, do you want to get a VIP table and get bottle service and all this kind of shit? It was like several hundred dollars. And we were like, sure. If you're, you know, if you want to pay for that, cause we were tired of standing anyway, but it was, it was basically like the next step um, after 
getting guys to allow you to sit on their shoulders. Right. <laughs> so more sort of like the more adult version of Tina and Erica getting shit from men <laughs> at shows. Right. Um, <laughs> not our first time. Uh, so we said yes. And this guy got a table. We had bottle service, which, you know, Erica's not really a drinker. I probably had two cocktails out of it because I'm sure I was driving. But um, it's a really, really fun show. Now, the classic lineup of characters, because they are really characters. Mm-hmm. I don't know their real names. I didn't commit these things to memory. But um, <laughs> Michael Starr on vocals, you know, Starr with two R's, because, of course, that's how you right. would, you know, spell it. Um, Satchel, who plays guitar. Lexi Fox, double X's in each name, uh, on mm-hmm. bass. And then the drummer's name was Styx with an X, Zidinia. So, uh, you know, like I said, they're they're like a, a, a cover band, satire band, spoof band, tribute band kind of thing. Um, and they've also had quite a few like TV appearances. They've done like a Discover card commercial. They, they were on the Drew Carey show. They did a Gene Simmons roast. Like you see them around here and there. So they've created kind of a name and a, and a brand for themselves. Um, but it's so much fun. But all I remember too, is that that show, those residencies were like fucking 11 PM or midnight shows. Right. It was like, I'm like a Tuesday. Yeah. So, because that's when the slot is, it's like, it's like, we go see fast times now and their residency is Monday, Monday. Monday night at the whiskey, you know? So they, they had like Monday night or Tuesday night residencies or something like that. Very, very late in the evening. So, if, you know, even back then we were old people and we were tired. I remember because we were standing and we were like, oh, I'm so tired of standing. That's why we took that guy up on his <laughs> offer. Nothing happened. I don't even, literally nothing happened. The show ended. We we're like, thanks, bye. Like rolled out. But. <laughs> As was always the case. See ya. Thanks. See ya. <laughs> so they, um, so they ceased to be metal school in 2008 and then they became Steel Panther. And now they've been known as Steel Panther since 2008. Um, well, in this band, you've mentioned their residencies in Los Angeles, but this band also tours. Yeah. I mean, they tour a lot. So you can very easily see them in a city near you. I saw the band again, Tina, after you and I saw them. I saw them again in Las Vegas a few years later with some friends. And I mean, we literally could not stop laughing for like days after the performance. It was it's so entertaining and so funny. And so many of the comments just kind of stick with you and you laugh with them for days and days and days after you see the show. Yeah. It's really, it's an interesting phenomenon. They, um, they have a million albums too. It's ridiculous. I, Oh yeah. Um, I have to be honest. I don't really, and they're on a, like a universal label. So it's, they've got some big distribution, but, um, and they've gotten some invites to open up on some pretty big shows. They were, they actually opened up for crew and Def Leppard on the two, uh, it, on the Mirrorball tour in, in December of 2011. And then the following week, they opened for GNR at the Forum, and I was at that show in 2011. Mm. So that's how crazy that was. And I, I also remember, God, they opened. That was back in the days when you didn't know if Axel was going to show up. Right. Um, or what time he was going to show up. Right. And so... Cause he would just pay the fines to go late. And so you were just like, I can't fucking do this anymore. And it was, I know it was during the week and we watched uh steel Panther and it was so funny. It was with my friend Jackie who worked with me at the time and they were so great. And then we just waited and waited and waited and waited. And I think it was like 1130 by the time Axel took the stage mm. and, mm. and then played an ultra long self-indulgent set. And I left it. I left the forum at like one thirty or two in the morning. I was like, I can't do oh, it. God. I have to be at work in no. the morning. Like I can't do this anymore. No. And I left my friend, Jackie actually stayed, but she's like, God, he did. He went on for like another hour and he would like leave in the middle. Of the, uh, it was, it was not his best like era. Let's just say that. 
conversely, and this is this isn't a podcast about Guns N' Roses, but conversely, when I saw the band in 2019, they were prompt, they were on time, they played their set, <laughs> they did a nice little encore, and they were off stage. <laughs> they were grown-ups by the time 2019 rolled around. They're a little more tired, and they probably get contractual bonuses for sticking to a schedule and shit like that, <laughs> I don't know, right? So it's all Tina, do you remember you and I saw Michael Starr, the lead singer, at I think it was a poison slash rat show in LA. Do you remember that? Was it at Universal? Do you remember we had like a weird backstage pass situation? We saw Kat Von D back there and some other random LA people. Was it that you? And then we saw Michael back there and then we saw him wandering around the venue, like just, you know, watching the show. Was it Universal Amphitheater? Yes. Yeah. God, I miss that venue. That was really one of my favorite venues in Los Angeles. You had to like, you had to walk into the actual theme park. And then Mm. if the water world, uh, ride or show was getting out you had to stop and wait for everybody to exit that show before you could continue on the path to the amphitheater they totally destroyed the amphitheater it's now harry potter world but whatever um yes i do remember that i don't even know who got us it must have been terry ahern that got us some kind of back must have been. right it must have been i don't remember yeah. seeing michael star that's funny that you remember that oh, yeah. did we recognize yeah. him yeah oh yeah yeah we talked about him yeah, because we saw him both backstage and then we saw him with probably his wife or his girlfriend like walking around the actual concert hall, like watching the show. So yeah, yeah, we talked about him. We- but they just released an album. Like I think just yeah. in February of 2023, they released an album called On the Prowl. I have to tell you, you guys got to listen to the song 1987. It's a really, it's actually a really good song. Um, and it's very nostalgic. It talks about 80s metal and how cool 1987 was and what the time was like then they've got this one lyric poison looking so damn good i wondered if i was gay (laughs) um it's great you gotta listen to this song but they had some other singles that they released with music videos as well one was never too late to get some pussy tonight and the other was friends with benefits so go check out all three of those steel panther videos you can find them on youtube and on their website but this is a really like crazy crazy fun band also if you go to their website right now there's this little clickable button in the lower right hand corner it says free cocoin it's a loyalty program so instead of cocaine it's cocoin and members can earn cocoin to get rewards like discounts on merch they have all of this crazy merch um on their website and they also do like weird stuff like they've got a game show called are you metal and uh i think the the drummer sticks zadinia uh, does like this metal like th- game show quiz show with Satchel and with Spider, who's now the bass player because Lexi Fox has left the band. Um, so they're always doing like they're always doing crazy things. They're coming up with funny stuff, and like you said from the very beginning, it's kind of almost partially a comedy show. Yeah, like they are really funny guys, uh, and they're just way over the top and so 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 much fun. I want to you see so you mentioned Lexi Fox leaving the band. I want to kind of talk about one thing that is a bit of a challenge for me because they are only characters in this thing. You don't really know what's really going on with them. And mm-hmm. you're not really going to know the true story. So in, right. in 2018, Lexi Fox sat out on a tour and they had a couple different guys filling in uh, Tanner Keegan and spider. Um, and the way they would announce it publicly is just some silly thing like, Oh, Lexi's in sex rehab or blah, blah, blah. And it, it's sort of like, well, 
if you have a fan base that really follows you and is interested in what you're doing and appreciates you, it's hard to give them comedy when something serious might be happening. Like it's kind of, mm-hmm. because you have that need to know Jean. Like I love this band. I want to know what's really happening. And then in um, 2021, they announced that he was leaving the band permanently. They opened up virtual auditions for a new bass player. You remember this whole campaign they did on on social media, they're like, we're looking for a new bass player, submit your tapes, you know, submit your auditions, all that kind of thing. Um, and it was a super fun thing. And people, and they had, they were like, these are the finalists. And they would, you know, it was a whole thing online. But ultimately, they hired Spider, who was one of the bassists who filled right. in. So I don't know if this whole thing was just a social media publicity campaign, stuff. a fake thing, or like just to drum up publicity or something like that. Or if they really just couldn't find anybody and they were like, okay, well, we'll negotiate a contract with this guy who's, who's filled in and done an okay job. I don't, I don't really know. So I, I, you can't ever really tell when they're serious about anything. And there's, yeah. there's something about that. I don't love. I think mm-hmm. that's hard. I think that's hard in today's world where social media, we all know is a little bit fake anyway. Like at least we, we kind of want to know the truth. Yeah, it's true because you don't know, is something bad going on? Like, is there something serious happening? And I know Lexi Fox, I did read that he is part of some other band now, like some other group with a bunch of 80s people. Um, Nobody that I really was familiar with. There was like a rapper thrown in there and a couple other people. (laughs) But yeah, you don't really know like what happened or why he left the band in the first place. And I remember the Lexi Fox character, like he was very funny. So it's kind of uh, too bad that he's no longer there. I don't know much about Spider other than what I've seen of him on the uh, whatever the game show is that they've that they've been doing. So yeah, it's I, I get what you're saying. I mean, it is when when you're kind of like a joke. The joke just keeps going and going and going, but you don't ever know what's true and what's not true. Um, by the way, one thing I did notice by doing research on this group, the lead singer, Michael Starr, was briefly the lead singer for LA Guns. What? Did you know that? <laughs> no. <laughs> he apparently sang on the Wasted EP in 1998. Um, I saw some live 1997 concert footage with him and Tracy Guns. And it looks like Steve Riley on the drums. I don't know who was playing bass, someone named Johnny, and it was not Johnny Martin. Um, It was a strange little L.A. Guns moment. And he did not sound right as the lead singer. He sounded fine. Yeah. um, But he didn't sound right as the lead singer of L.A. Guns. P.S. He was going by Ralph Sainz or Sands or however you say his real last name. Um, That is his real name. Um, You just can't replace Phil Lewis. Uh, so he just didn't sound right. As yeah. Well, but yes. Um, I, I I did see some concert footage of Michael Starr with LA Guns, which was weird. God, you went. You must have gone down a little bit of a rabbit hole. I didn't. I didn't see that. But um. But we all know that LA Guns had you know, over the years was pretty much a revolving lineup of people and. Um, I mean, even so we did that meet and greet several years ago and we didn't know, we, we look at that picture now and we're like, who are these, Bill Bill Lewis? <laughs> who are these dudes? It's <laughs> like, Bill Lewis and that, that was it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think that's why, and again, this podcast is also not about LA guns, but I think that's why you and I as fans are so thrilled with the current LA guns lineup. Yeah. Cause it just feels, it feels right. It feels like, yes, this is the lineup. Keep it. Don't do anything else. It feels as magical um, as the original lineup for sure. Yeah, it really does. Uh, it you really mentioned does. the game show. Should we talk about America's Got Talent real quick? Sure. So season 18 premiered on May 30th of this year with the same judges as past uh, seasons. Simon Cowell, 
Howie Mandel, Heidi Klum, and Sofia Vergara, who's newly single. So if you guys are, you know, in the market, uh, she's she's splitting up with uh, Joe Manganiello. Is that how you pronounce it? Not really sure. Um, and uh, she's heading into, into, the, into the world a single woman. Um, so on the first episode of the season, and they are still in auditions, by the way. That was May fucking 30th. It is August. I don't, it takes forever for them to get to the next round of competition or whatever. But um, on the first episode of the season, Steel Panther took the stage. And they did their original song, Eyes of a Panther. Um, they were a very muted and toned down version of themselves. Of course, they were on, you know, uh, network TV. They weren't trying to like, you know, get any FCC violations or grab their nuts. Yeah. Um, but they were still pretty excellent and they got a yes to move forward in the competition. So, I mean, people are really waiting to see what happens next with Steel Panther, but a lot of people are also kind of mad. They're like, well, that's a band that's already a professional band and kind of making it and blah, blah, blah. But that is not the first like professional group or, you know, act to be on one of these competition shows. And I'm sure they're eking out a living, but I'm sure they're not like in their big manses in the Hollywood Hills, you know? So I don't, I don't have a problem with this at all. Yeah. That's, it's very interesting. And I have not watched America's Got Talent uh, recently. So I don't know anything about their appearance on that show, but um, yeah, like you said, I, I I think that's a common misunderstanding, though. We've talked about that also a lot on the podcast. Just because these people are, quote unquote, rock stars does not mean that they're making really any money. Right. <laughs> uh, especially in this day and age with um, streaming music and the demise of record labels and um, the reliance on touring when it's hard for a lot of these bands to get booked for live gigs. So, yeah, these these people might be performing on stage, but they're not making more than, you know probably a couple thousand dollars, maybe a show if they're lucky. And so you kind of got to cobble all of that together to try to eke out a living. So yeah, absolutely. Go steal Panther. I'm rooting for that. Now I'll have to watch. Also bringing yet again, more awareness to the genre and to the feel of bringing Mm -hmm. back, you know, some of that good time feel to a lot of people who may maybe aren't going to these shows that are out right now, but are sort of like, Oh man, this makes me want to go see a poison show or a whatever, you know, kind of a thing. But um, that's kind of how I felt about this whole episode in summary was sort of what I wanted to say about steel Panther really, or say to them is thank you because they really kept that eighties metal train rolling, even when it had officially gone off the tracks. Um, Yes, they portray the era in a very over-the-top way, but it keeps the music relevant. It kept it relevant for a number of years. People were paying to see this music performed, even if it was in a comedy kind of atmosphere. And it was still part of the public consciousness. um, And that's been important. And so I'm really just grateful and thankful to uh, Steel Panther for their part in keeping 80s metal relevant. For sure. And I absolutely remember the show you and I went to at the Key Club the crowd was rowdy too. Like the crowd. Oh, yeah. Also they were pressed up against that stage. Like it was packed. It was sweaty. It was hot. People were screaming for the band. Yep. Like it was really, really great. And I, I've never been offended by anything they were saying or doing. I always thought it was really a love note to the era. Um, yes. It's over the top because they're a professional act and they're doing a show and it's, you know, it's a whole thing they're going to rile up the audience with. But um, I always really thought it was a beautiful tribute what they were really doing. Yeah, absolutely. Who's your who's well, your favorite? 
Oh, gosh. I mean, I always used to say Michael Starr because I just felt like the first time I saw those guys perform, I felt like we had a moment. Like, I felt like there was an eye connection. <laughs> I what? <laughs> It's so true. This is how I used to go to shows. Like, I used to literally try to make, like, eye contact with, like, people on the stage. I, hey, you know, I, I got some things out of that back in the day. But got- I really felt like there was, like, a connection between Michael Starr and I. And then I kept running into him. Like, I went to the show in Vegas. And then we ran into him in L.A. And I'm just like, oh, Michael Starr is my guy. He's now, your guy. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that I still feel the same way, but yeah, you know, I do like Michael Starr. I think he's cool. I used to try to make eye contact. I mean, you you got beer spit in your mouth from Sebastian Bach once. That was good. True. I had True. a moment with Vito Brada. You remember that? <gasps> Vito. Yeah. I wish Vito would come on the podcast. Um, we'll work on that. I um, So I always love Satchel. I think... Mm-hmm. Satchel has like a jawline to it. He's like a hot Ben Stiller. You know what I mean? Yeah. Good way to describe him. Yeah. And he's, um, I think he's just really like effervescent and hilarious. He, he's, you know, a pretty strong spokesperson for the band. He's pretty cool. But, um, but I was looking at old footage of Lexi Fox, like in the earlier Mm -hmm. days, he was hot. Like he was like he was a very Brett Michaels kind of character. He was like with the big lips and the curly hair and the bandana and the. He was almost like Randy O. Hot though. Yeah. Like yes, just, Randy O. Yes. And he was always like he was always like looking at himself in the mirror on stage, like you know, doing his hair. And he was like sort of vapid. Like his character, like didn't ever have anything uh-huh. to contribute. Like if they were like singing song lyrics or something, he would just be like, blah, 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 I don't know. And they'd be like, yay, yay, Lexi, you know. Was, he, so they, they made fun of him a lot too, which I thought was um, sweet. But he was like the Morris Day of glam rock who like, you know, always preening and and uh, checking oh, himself that's out. That's a great comparison, the Morris Day of glam rock. I have yes. to admit though, I, I, don't, I don't really listen to – uh, Still Panther. I don't like follow them. I don't like, oh, a new Still Panther album dropped. I don't, you know, I, I listened to more stuff because we were doing this episode, but they're not really somebody that I, a band that I actively like wait for releases and like follow and that kind of thing. But I did watch because I wanted to get a feel for it. Now, it, this is during my work day when I'm working from home and um, I watched a, a, a full live show from 2016 that they did. I can't remember what the venue was. It was a, it must have been opening for some really big big people though because it was a huge um, outdoor stadium or arena it was in germany actually um you can go to youtube and probably just google all of those keywords and find it but um i have to say one of my favorite hits of theirs is a song called asian hooker um but i I just it's so endearing (laughs) it was so much fun to kind of watch and listen you know as i'm working and i'm looking over to the other monitor and seeing like what they're saying what they're doing and their crowd interactions and they're pulling women up on stage. They're like, no, not, no, not you. The, uh, the, you know, not the ugly one, get the other one, one. you know, the pretty one kind of thing. And um, make it, and then, oh, you can all just come up. It's fine. You know, and singing songs (laughs) for the women and like, you know, so, and even like the Germans were getting it, you know, they're like (laughs) laughing their asses off. It's all just really, really funny stuff. So, I mean, I really appreciate what they're trying to do. I appreciate they're trying to keep in the spotlight. I hope that, <clears throat> you know, when this genre kind of fades out a little bit again, that these guys are still going strong and still doing their thing. Like, it's just such a great stopgap. I don't know. I love it. Yeah. And I think you're right. I mean, I never listened to their music either, but I think like I do view them more as like a comedy, 
like a comedy, like a live show that you see, and it's got this very strong comedy element to it. And so I don't think about, oh, they released new music. I'm going to go grab that album. I mean, I don't really think about Steel Panther in those terms, but maybe we should start. I don't know. Um, their song 1987, like I said, is actually a really great song. So definitely check that out. But, you know, I think we've come to the point in, in the conversation here where we need to call out to our listeners, who do you love from Steel Panther? Do you know Steel Panther? Have you been to their shows? Who's your favorite band member? What song do you love the most? What do you love the most about their image? Uh, you can follow us and interact with us at our website, www.a928.life, on Instagram at a92a underscore life, or check out our Facebook page, a 92 a And in the meantime, keep ratting those bangs and banging those heads. See ya.